Welcome to Moot, where the podcast is... Well, let's try that again. Welcome to Moot, the podcast where mistakes are guaranteed and our point is Moot. I am Joe, and I am with my co-host, Jeremy. Hello. So, this is a bit of an impromptu episode. I don't know if that, even know if that's the word. Remember, English is not my first language. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I just really felt like I wanted to do an episode about anything right now, because I'm like depressed as hell kind of manic and jeremy was able to accommodate me uh and i'm just like the pandemic i am just so fucking sick of the whole fucking thing i'm so tired of it yeah i'm so fucking tired of it i cannot i like uh i cannot begin to just describe how sick i am of this fucking bug it's it's just such uh, an inconvenience, <laughs> you know. You know, it's just an inconvenience in every like sense of the word. Yeah, and I am completely aware that I am not among the people who have been struck by this the hardest, not even the least. Right? Uh, you have people who have lost family members. You have people who have lost well themselves; they've died from it. Uh, you have people who survived and uh, are now suffering from the effects, possibly permanently. Uh, and uh, my, I, sometimes I might even argue that's worse than death. But uh, that's me. You know, I'm uh, deathly scared of hospitals or medical anything. So, you know, if I was in a wheelchair, my first action would be to roll that thing down the stairs, some long stairs. Uh, but again, that's just me. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm just so sick and tired and annoyed of this whole fucking thing. Uh, um, a mix of like, I'm proud of the way the Norwegian government has handled this pandemic uh, because we have not suffered uh, great physical losses from it. Like, our people have been largely saved from this whole thing. And I'm also at the same time uh, annoyed and disappointed with my government because, uh, I don't know, we, we, we like our rules, we like our regulations, um, we like fairness, uh, and sometimes that can border on stupid. Uh, like uh, what I'm referring to right now is how we prioritize vaccines. Uh, and uh, before, like, you think, oh, this guy just wants the fucking shot. No, I don't. I, I should be one of the last people to get the vaccine. I'm not in the risk zone or anything like that. Um, but I think they're doing a stupid way. What, what they're doing is uh, uh, they are giving them out to the oldest first, right? Uh, like people who are, uh, like, even if you're 75, you might not get one because you're not old enough. Yeah, like there's people who literally die waiting for the second shot, and not from the first shot or a disease. Just they're they're old, and uh, you know that's it's it's a good thing. You want to protect the old. Uh, it puts a smile on my face when I hear that nearly all of the old folks' homes have been fully vaccinated, uh, and that they can see their families again, and that they can do stuff together. And I think that's beautiful, and I think it's good. But I also think 
it's a waste of vaccines. And I'm not I'm not being like Darwinian about this, saying like, oh well, the old people are gonna die anyway. So no, no, no. Like one year is the life, depending on who you ask, right? Uh, but I really think if they handed out the vaccines to people who travel as a profession instead, that'd be a better thing to do. You know, like because we 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 like a couple of months ago or weeks, I don't even know time anymore. What is time? A couple of times ago, uh, like we got the South African virus here uh, in, in my city and the British one, right? And that's just like, ugh, do we need news? Do we need new versions of the virus? Isn't iPhones enough? Uh, you know, and it, it just pissed me off. It just pissed me off that that could even happen. First of all, shut down the fucking border during a pandemic, you know? Like, I, I get it. We want cheap labor for some construction project, you know? Pay a little extra, get some local labor. Oh, yeah, well, it's Norway. You might not even get local labor because we don't have fucking people, right? Well, you know, maybe you don't build the fucking whatever you're building right now, right? Or, or if you do, we make every fucking construction worker go through testing before you put them on the boat here. Right? Or, or, or give them the vaccine. Vaccinate the people who has to travel f- as a job. Like, because like, it feels like if you're cleaning up a stain, you don't start from the middle. You start from the edges of the stain. Right? You vaccinate a country start from the edges not the middle like you don't want the old people to get sick and you do want the old people to be able to do whatever the hell they want i mean it's the last fucking part of their life right leave it sister fossa as we say the life's last phase Uh, but couldn't you just prevent the spread of this plague by just giving vaccines to the people more likely to spread it than to the people who are most susceptible to the effects of illness. Like, why work backwards? Why not just try to limit the vaccine spread rather than try to limit the damage it could do? Because you're not limiting the damage it can do then, you know? You're basically just saying, okay, well, we're trying to limit loss of life. You know, it's, it's still spreading. And I get it, I get it. It's stupid to say this sitting in Norway where we have, like, minimal numbers. Right, we're 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 largely fine. I have maybe a hundred cases in in my city. And my city is the second largest in Norway, uh, and uh, I mean second largest in Norway. It's it's three hundred thousand people. This city, so you know, to you it's like ridiculous, but still, it's Norway. It's small. Yeah. Uh, it's just it just pisses me off. It just pisses me off because. We keep having these little sessions of stricter regulations all the time. And I don't know how much longer I can kind of go on. You know what I mean? I don't know how much longer I can like look out the window and not leap head the window. Uh, I just want this pandemic to fucking end. And it's doable. I'm not a pandemic expert, and I don't 
I, 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 again, note, you know, <laughs> our point, I said it seconds ago, our points, mistakes are guaranteed. Our point is fucking moot. I'm a moron with a microphone, uh, you know, not someone who should like be taken seriously as uh, anything. But it just feels like they are doing, like the government is just trying to criticize five years down the line. Like they just, just, just they, I, th- I think the smart thing would be vaccinate people who are more likely to spread the disease, you know, stop the spread that way, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know if that would even help. Maybe, maybe, maybe it would, but they don't do it. It doesn't feel like that's why they don't do it because I felt like they would have said so. Maybe they have said so. Maybe I didn't pay attention. Who the fuck knows anymore? Um, I've had a monologue for a while now. Do you want to say something? Well, I'm just, that's good to get stuff off your chest. You know, you, you can talk as long as you want to. I, I am in a better place mentally with it because the tunnel is kind of, the, 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 the light's getting kind of bright, you know, and yeah, I, I had my first shot. I had my first shot on uh, this past week on Wednesday and I had to cancel office hours because I couldn't like lift my arm up like I couldn't it was one of those weird things it almost felt like when I dislocated my shoulder like I couldn't just I, I didn't have the, the the muscle strength to like lift my arm like I really yeah should. like a limp arm kind of thing yeah so I couldn't like type or be at the computer for more than a few minutes because it's just painful um but yeah I you know in two weeks or three weeks actually it's they, they set my second shot for three weeks later but in three weeks i'll have my second shot and then i gotta wait two more weeks and then i can be indoors with people again um but even though five weeks feels like a long time now that i'm near the end looking back it's been a year and and i'm kind of a reclusive person i'm I'm not as do you do you thrive on like being around people socially i i do i do i really do yeah, I I, um, I don't as much. Uh, yeah. I used to. I used to, I used to be. It used to be energizing to be in a room full of a lot of energy. You know, I don't know how else to say it. It was just it, it gave me. But now it saps my strength. Now by the end of a social evening, I'm tired, and I've become more introverted. It's probably it's probably not a great thing per se because I've been, maybe I've been working from home for too long, but. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's good. Like, yeah, if you got a family and everything, it's it's good that you like. You're you're, chill. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I've kind of lucked out in that how that trajectory went based on my circumstances, and maybe my circumstances also helped create that trajectory. Um, yeah. The the but the pandemic has been extraordinarily difficult for a lot of reasons, and. I've had some very bad rough patches and, you know, stuff, either stuff personally or, or things with family. Um, my, you know, I, I had a family, a close family member who had a very serious organ transplant on Christmas day and Jesus. we couldn't meet as a family on Christmas Eve, which is like a big, it is a big deal. Like our Christmas Eve party on my mom's side is, is a pretty big deal. And, yeah. um, you know, we couldn't have it this year and we tried to do like a zoom thing, but you know, zoom for that event was every bit as hollow as, as you know, you, you talk about, um, when you talk so affectionately about zoom. Oh God. Yeah. I, 
I, I, I hate Zoom with a passion. I hate Zoom more than I hate racism. Man. Yeah. I mean, well, Zoom, I'm, pro- I'm probably not honest when I say that, but I hate <laughs> Zoom a lot. Well, I, 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 when I hear you say that, I don't hear you saying ra- Zoom is worse than racism. What, I hear, what I'm hearing you say is engaging with Zoom leaves you worse off than engaging with racists. Uh, basically, yeah, that, 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 I think that is actually accurate. You know, engaging with racists don't really affect me that badly. It, it annoys me, but I get over it. Yeah, because you, know? well, you don't want their ignorance to affect your own day. It like, doesn't. I don't want to no, have a worse it's, day. It's not even that. I don't have to do mental gymnastics to, like, to me, dealing with a racist, it's, it's, it's not really a problem for me at all. I don't like their views. Uh, it irritates me, but not enough to affect my day generally. Like, it's, it's like dealing with a, you hear some toll booth guy. You know, it's like, I'm thinking, oh, God, okay, well, he doesn't know what he's talking about, you know? <laughs> it, it doesn't bug me. It, I, it bugs like me that he thinks that way, uh, <laughs> but I can't change his mind. He needs to just fucking experience. He, he needs to have more experiences, I think. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's a, I think, I think racism is one of the easiest things to fucking cure. Like, I think it's one of the bigger bigger problems you can find around the world. Like, every fucking war almost is racism. I'm exaggerating, but a lot of conflict, a lot of stupid conflict is just tribalism in some form, and racism is just another form of tribalism. Yeah. But I think it's also, like, an insanely easy thing to cure. I think it's... it's all, all you have to do is just spend time with people who aren't like you. Exposure, yes. you know? Expose yourself to other people. Expose yourself to other ideas too. Other ideas too. That's that's a thing that we on the left are very uncomfortable with hearing, but it's important. You got to expose yourself to other people. That's how you get understanding, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's just it's it's an important thing. You can't live in a bubble. Living in a bubble, you become like, yeah. That's a good way to become a racist or any other kind of ist. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think I think I think racism is easy to confront individually and a lot harder to confront because you can have a conversation with somebody who, you know, and you can point certain things out and and you can and expose them to people. Like when I grew up in, I know, you know, growing up, it was a very small, whatever. And one of the side effects is there's, there are not a lot of minorities living in a small white community. And so you hear things about like cities being violent in this. And when I went to college, I was around other, you know, like people of color, you know, people from China and a lot of the things, all the, all those preconceived notions melted away. I agree. It's, I think personally it's, but society-wide, I think it's very difficult because yeah. society-wide, you have to make You can't it. give everyone a uh, ticket to travel the world. That's just not how it works. Right. Yeah. It's... But if you could, I think that would solve it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if you could give people like a, a two-year vacation outside of their own country and everybody was guaranteed it, I wonder how different the world would look. Well, that's the thing. I think I'm very proud of the European. Uh, I don't know if they, if 
whoever the hell is do, doing it, but the, the Erasmus project, I'm, I think that's a very brilliant idea. What is uh, it? I'm not familiar with it. Uh, it's, uh, the Erasmus project is uh, this thing where you get support from, it's a European thing, so I'm assuming it's run by the EU, but I, I mean, I can't imagine who else it would be. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's a thing where within European countries, you can, which obviously isn't, you know, massively diverse, it's all white, but, you know, shades of white is still different. Um, uh, you know, eggshell to beige. Um, what a hell am I saying? I haven't even been drinking and I still sound like I have. Uh, the Erasmus project is essentially you get support for uh, if you're a student to live and study abroad for a year in another European country. Okay. Right. If you're from a European country. Yeah. So, you know, if you're from, you know, the Ukraine, you sign up for the Erasmus project, you can go study in, uh, you know, Portugal, right? Oh, cool. Or if you're Spanish, you can go and study in Denmark. You're German, you can check out what life is like in Hungary, right? So does England uh, have any part in this now that they've done Brexit? I fucking don't know if they do. I, I mean, they, they used to. Like... Um, Couple of, a couple of girls I knew, knew through the climate festival, uh, they were in Norway and, you know, doing the climate festival uh, through the Erasmus project. Like they weren't doing the festival through the Erasmus project, but they were in Norway studying through the Erasmus project. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and they were like, well, one of them was British. The other one was uh, German. Okay. Yeah. I... Going back to the pandemic, I think, um, I, I don't know. God, I, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad we're taking the time and, and you should feel free to get out whatever you need to, because this is the point of the podcast. I think that this is when the podcast is most effective when we're using it in a very personal way, because a lot of people feel this way. And a lot of yeah. people, my, uh, grandmother on one side uh she's in her 90s and she's in a home and despite having seven kids like they they haven't been able to see her for months and months and months and she's blind at this point like her vision's gone um her hearing is very bad and so that's a shame watch tv (laughs) you know like she can't what what do you do when you're basically in the dark all day long and so she, she normally spends a lot of time with her kids and they, they visit her frequently, but they haven't been able to. So they, they started doing window visits, um, but then they had to stop those when the curve got real high because our, our, we had a third, our third wave. I mean, it was 300,000 new, you know, infections a day. And, you know, our death rate, we, we had like a new 9-11 every single day. So they Jesus had to... Christ they had to stop the window visits. So the window visits are back on. She's been vaccinated. Everybody there has been vaccinated. And um, if you have your vaccination cards, you can now visit indoors again. Uh, So that's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, But it was difficult hearing about that. My, the, the grandmother on my mom's side, um, she's, she's, uh, she's in her late eighties. I'm not, I'm not, I actually don't know how old she is. She, I think she's in her late 80s, but she, um, she, she's she got 
dementia and it's getting worse yeah. and she's trapped in the house she couldn't see anybody my my one aunt was watching her and she works from home but because she works from home and has you know her mother who is highly immunocompromised because she has like bad asthma and she's been on you know medication for various things and her lungs are real bad but so she has oxygen because her lungs look like the x-rays the doctor couldn't really see her lungs real well in the x-rays because they were like cuts and stuff because apparently she lives in a house with mold so and they did you know she didn't know about the mold and she was living alone for a while so oh fuck's sake so she you know she has a combination of things that that makes her immune system basically non-existent she's losing her memory so she's not a you know super focused and she's she's she can't breathe well and and my aunt then had to self-isolate because if she went anywhere like she was getting groceries delivered because if she went anywhere and she accidentally brought back the virus and you know you know our our grandmother wouldn't have any chance whatsoever so yeah you know it was it was to point at a point where she would she was desperate just like she, she was saying to the family please send pictures just send pictures on your phone of the family and and we'll just go through them on 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 our uh, tablet just so they can kind of feel and, and, and be in because that's the other thing is her brain needs to be engaged in order to kind of fight off the dementia but she's getting addicted to television and she's getting more infantile which is really difficult for the family to watch because she's such a smart person she's the person she's the one who everybody credits for giving edu- for, for making everybody educated you know, everybody on my mom's side is very bright and everyone pursued, you know, some sort of higher education or professional degree um, for the most part. I mean, not everybody, I suppose, but it, everybody's still very bright. And uh, we all have her to thank for it. So it's very different. Dementia is a very difficult thing to watch when you have somebody who is such like an, she's such an, she was an avid reader. Her whole place was stuffed with books. I um, know. Uh, if it helps, I know I know exactly how it feels. My 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 grandfather's uh, sharpest uh, sharpest man I ever ever met in my life, and he's uh, he's going through the same thing now. Yeah, it's horrible. It's, yeah. it's 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 horrible, and and it's as it happens, it feels so surreal. And when the reality hits, because you have moments of reality, like I'll call her, and sometimes she's lucid. Uh, sometimes she's unfocused and she's getting dragged to the TV. You know, she's uh, getting obsessed with it. Um, and, you know, because her, her brain's neural connections are, she's be, she's relying on fewer and fewer neural connections. So she's attaching her focus to the what she has left, uh, essentially. And it, it it's very, it's very difficult. Like, yeah, you just, the moments where you're, you have some clarity when they do something or say something. It's like, oh man, you, you have those moments of clarity and think this, they don't, they deserve so much better than this, which is why if I get like, if I ever have stage four dementia, I just want to be brought out of the pasture and, and let go. Cause yeah, I, I, I don't want people. I, uh, completely, completely fucking agree. You know, let me die with fucking dignity instead. Yeah. And, 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 and we all love her very much. And, and, that's not an option, you know? So 
in the pandemic makes those things worse. It makes grocery shopping worse. So of course it makes stage four dementia worse. Like, you know, you can't, every aspect of life is more challenging with COVID because there's just extra unavoidable roadblocks provided you're taking it seriously, I suppose. Um, yeah, but you got to take it seriously too, you know, because the alternative is our country. It's not better. The alternative is not fucking better. You know, yeah. I, I I appreciate the joke, by the way. I I talked over it, but uh, yeah, I, I yeah, that's that is funny. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, that, that that is the thing. That's the thing too. Like, I think America is doing a good job at the vaccinations. I think that's it's really nice to see that. Um, kind of have to though at this point because we. Yeah, I mean, it's it's either that or you know, uh, apply to become <laughs> a colony again. Yeah. Right. And- we travel all over the world. We have our hand in everything, and it, it, it it's we have we also have the resources to produce vaccinations in mass. And we also now have somebody at the helm who is willing to roll up their sleeves and make the pandemic a priority, which is good. Jesus Christ! I was fucking lucky that he won the election. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean, a lot could have gone wrong there. Uh, it was close. It was close. But it's a combination of us being so belligerent for so long that now we, I think even if we weren't producing a lot of the vaccinations here, I think the rest of the world would still wind up having, being forced to prioritize us because of how bad the outbreak was here. Yeah, I mean, it would become like a UNICEF thing if, if you couldn't make your own. Right. So. Because it's like, uh, it was, it was really, really like. It was crazy, like just listening to the news about how many people got sick in the U.S. Uh, <laughs> oh, bad. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I was worried for you guys for a while. And, and the, yeah. the, the, like, the harsh part of the harsh truth to it is, is because you guys did such a good job. I mean, you guys were able to have like concerts and stuff last year, like indoor things, because there were so few cases. So when summer yeah. came around, you guys were able to get convene again. Which, that's that's the part, um, which I know that doesn't help now because it's, it's fucking months later. It's eight, you know, been seven yeah. months since that was true. Uh, but the thing is, it's it, that is it's not bad here, you know. It's not like just today I went to 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 the store to just buy some fucking hobby shit, you know. I didn't have to wear a mask or anything like that because you know there was few people in the store. It's it's not it, it's it's a very it's very minor inconveniences here right it really isn't like my my bitching is absolutely completely unwarranted <laughs> but that also makes me feel really bad about the bitching no i think the, the the problem the problem i'm having really like the regulations are not they're not as strong as they have been right it's just that it hampers life. You don't meet new people. You don't engage in like proper stuff. Like everything happens in a bubble. Like when you go to the store now, like or, or, or like a shop, that is what you do. You know, you, 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 it's just for you. Yeah. You do every you, everything you do. You do in a bubble. You live in a bubble now. Even when you're out among people, even if you hang out with friends. 
you know you have to limit yourself to your friends and you know you have to wait between the time before you can meet another friend just to make sure, right? Because God forbid, like, you win that lottery, that fucking virus lottery. Like, we, we, it's microscopic chance of getting infected now. Mm-hmm. But some of, some of my nearest and dearest, like, it, it could affect them badly if they got it. At this point, I don't, I, I, I mean, obviously I care if I get it, but I, I don't really care if I get it. Like the, the, the way that disease is likely to affect me physically uh, is already completely outweighed by the weight that like these fucking regulations have on me mentally. That's where I think so they're not giving for, 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 yeah, for, for my sake. I, 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 I would, I would even I, like, if things could go back to normal, I'd fucking take the risk. Right. I'd fucking take the risk at this point, but I'm not doing this for me. And that's the thing. Like I am doing this for me too. Let's be real. Right. But I, I can't tell myself that anymore. I, I, I keep telling myself I'm doing this for the people I care about. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing this for I'm doing this for Fatima. I'm doing this for Fumble. I'm doing this for Charlie. I'm doing this for the people I care about that could be affected badly about about from this, right? Uh, that like it's, it's not strictly true. I probably even even if it weren't for them, I'd probably still follow the regulations just as stringently. But uh, it helps to know like it, it's hard to do shit for yourself. Anyone who's ever tried to do anything for themselves like you know, eat healthier or, you know, send out <laughs> job applications. You know, if you do it for yourself, you don't give a shit. If you do it for someone else, it gives you some reason to go on. It gives you a fire, right? But I, oh man, it's, it's just, it's just rough. And I haven't really explained what's rough about it yet. I, I've only explained that my bitching is unwarranted. And it's really difficult for me to explain what is rough about it. No, so, so know, I'm I'm not I'm I'm not a word person. Before we get to I'm a talky person, but I'm not the speaky person. <laughs> a word person. Before we before you explain what's rough about it, I, I want to say that you're not giving this enough credit because you keep saying like, Oh, I can't I can't do this, I can't do you know, I can't complain. But first of all, just because you don't have things as bad as someone else doesn't mean that that's not a real problem. Second of all, this pandemic is known, is known to wreak havoc on mental health. It's, it's just, I think one of the things that we really missed in our third episode, when we talked about it, third or fourth, the beginning, whatever. Yeah. I I think that we never really captured, there were a few things about that episode. I wish we did better. Um, because we mostly just related personal yeah. stories, but we didn't connect them. I felt like we didn't really connect them to what was happening to society at large, but also it was the, be- it was more toward the middle of the pandemic when we did that one. Yeah. We start. We, we recorded that one last summer and I, I, I think that it was still early days then it was. And I think that a lot of the effects of mental health were being studied still. But now everybody, everybody knows the whole mental health community is overwhelmed with new patients. They're, yeah. uh, they don't know how to help people as well because it's thrown a wrench into traditional therapy. The way people interact in therapy is useful oh, yeah. because you want to have someone in a room with you. And, and Zoom, 
Zoom takes some of that personal heart, you know, personalness out of it. It's meant Zoom actively people... fucking damages me. Right. And yeah, it's better to be alone than to be on Zoom. <sighs> right. And a lot of people do feel that way. Mm. So mental health is very serious. And I think that dismissing what mental health contribute or what COVID contributes to mental health is is kind of being dismissive of mental health in the same way that people are people treat like a heart attack as being more serious than like suicidal ideation because a heart attack is easier to visualize even if you've got someone who's suicidal in the planning stages and just bought a gun from walmart like that's just yeah but it's that's the problem right it's too abstract people don't deal well with abstract threats Right. And as you said, right. it's yourself. So you're, you're more likely to trivialize mental health when it's your own mental health. And yeah, it's especially when, when a person who is not mentally well doesn't have a good baseline for what healthy looks and feels like. And no. a single friend, I think that's the, the big difference when people ask, what's the difference with like therapy and talking to a really good friend who listens? And the difference is, is that the therapist has seen it all and, 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 and dealt with it all. Whereas a personal friend either is in, has been in your situation or knows someone really well, so they can relate or they can't relate, but they're trying their best. And that's not a good baseline. That's not a, that, that it's very difficult. No. It's also, it's also the thing you can't bother your friends with this shit all the time because then they're not going to stay your friends for long. You know, it's like the whole, like people might say, oh, well, they weren't a real friend if they're not going to be there for you. Yeah, well, you know, they have their own fucking lives. And if you suck the energy out of their lives by complaining about your problems all the time, you're not being a good friend, right. you know? It's like sometimes you need to have like that kind of talk with your friends and that's why you have friends, right? Otherwise, what's the point of them? Sure. Uh, I mean, there's, there's a big difference between I, having a friend that you feel comfortable enough to open up with or like having a friend you can talk to and yeah. having a person that every time you see them, you dump on them because that, that's not the same. Like, no, then, then you're being a bad friend. Then, then you're just like, it's all about you, right? Yeah. They have lives too. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> God damn it. Well, let's do the sponsor real quick. Yeah. Um, this this episode was brought to you by sandals by sandy scented socks sandy scented socks are for when you want to smell your foot odor coming out of your shoe at the end of the day mixed with strawberry lovely you know i literally did that the other day strawberry strawberry, but i just i just took like a febreze spray and just sprayed it into my shoe and then I switched my socks because I'd been for like such a long walk listening to like Audible. <laughs> you know, I really wish Audible would fucking sponsor us. I mean, I, they have, there's no reason for them to do it, but I wish they would because I fucking love Audible. Audible's terrific. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would like to get sponsored by someone that would send us products to review because I think we would have a lot of fun with product reviews. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think it would be exactly what the company wants, though. So, <laughs> we'll ah, it would be terrible. They would not get their money's worth. They might lose some. <laughs> like, ah, oh, shit, I'm not buying that. Especially these yeah. idiots are using it. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like asking fucking uh, 
Bill Cosby to sponsor a product for you. It's just not a good idea. Well, I would like to put some distance between myself and Bill Cosby. <laughs> oh, yeah, me too. I wouldn't even accept a drink from him, honestly. I might. Depends what kind of day I've had. <laughs> God, you've had a bad day if you do that. You know, sometimes you just need some sleep. You don't care what kind of sleep it is, you know, as long as I'm past yeah. that. You just want some sleep and then, you, you know, you, <laughs> you, you, you don't even care that you wake up with a sore booty. Okay, how, how, okay so I have two questions. How tasteless is this? And how much will we, we regret this if we try to run for office in 10 years? <laughs> mm. It is very tasteless, but I will fervently defend to my death that if something is funny, it is funny no matter. I, I'm not a word guy. You know what I'm trying to say. I know, everything's okay to laugh at. <laughs> mm. You know, it's like, uh, you know, you, <laughs> I'm not even going to say the sentence. <laughs> <laughs> see even i have a limit even i have a limit i'm not gonna say this Ooh. Ooh, this I'll ask you about that one later then <laughs> oh yeah this sentence is uh this sentence is uh first of all it's not fully formed so you know it's uh i might as well abort it right away <laughs> oh god well hey you know if it's, <laughs> if it's not funny it's the biggest tragedy <laughs> yeah yeah no no it's a it's a stillborn joke is what it is Oh, oh, oh. Mm. Yeah. yeah and that was the light way of like just not saying the joke <laughs> <laughs> well don't don't carry the delivery wrong like if you miscarry it it's <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh god damn it i am so slick i just i just fucking hate this so much i hate this so fucking much so so what, what's hard about it because you, you had wanted to talk and, and I'm curious because I, I know, well, I, let's just hear what you, I want to hear what you have to say. For me, it's the loneliness, right? Yeah. I'm a, I'm a very lonely person. I, uh, I've been in nonstop relationships since I was 16 because my family life's never been good. You know, like I, I, I have people I love. I have people I share DNA with, uh, but it isn't, it doesn't feel right to say that I have a family. And uh, I, I'm, I'm close with my dad, but I almost never see him, right? I love him to bits. And, um, you know, he's, he's in many ways, he's a role model to me. But, you know, like it, it's Easter and I haven't seen him. I was planning to see him, but, you know, the pandemic makes it difficult. Um, but we, we like, I, I, see maybe, I see him maybe like once or twice a month, right? And that is just as much fucking my fault as anyone else's fault. But it's just, yeah. It's just, uh, I, I don't have a very close-knit family. You know, let's just say that. Yeah. Like, well, I'm, I'm, closer to, I'm closer to a few of my friends than I am to all, anyone in my family. Yes. And I think, I think that's probably quite common. But it's hard to explain if you're not in the same situation. Uh, like uh, I could go for months without seeing uh, a family member. And I have many times. Um, like uh, I used to maybe visit them once or twice a year. And even then it was kind of like, ugh, I have to do this, you know? Mm. Um, and it's been that way ever since I was a small child. Yeah. So it's like, uh, yeah, I've always uh, had, I've always had girlfriends instead. And uh like 
like emotional intimacy has been super important to me. Like I basically been fucking self-medicating my childhood through relationships, which, you know, anyone's going to tell you that's probably not healthy. Um, but uh, like, you know, I broke up with my, my, uh, my, uh, my last girlfriend uh, uh, in uh, what am I, yeah, right before the pandemic, you know, we, that was on the episode we talked about earlier. Yeah. Uh, Which by the way, that was a shocker to find out mid episode that you guys had basically just kind of broken up because when we yeah. recorded it, it was only like four or five months later. I didn't realize, I thought, I thought when you had said that you guys had dated, it was like a couple years ago, but I remember finding out like mid episode, it was like right before, it was a few months, a few months before that. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, no, 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 I mean, yeah, we, we fought all the time and it was crazy. Like it was obscene. Like we broke up with each other tons of times. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I, I I broke up with her, and she started crying, and then I was like, oh, yeah, I don't mean it, I don't mean it, I don't mean it, and uh, uh, it, that happened a lot, and it did happen the other way a few times too, I think. Yeah. Uh, and in the end, it was just like you know, when one of us broke up, it was just the other one was just like, yeah, yeah, okay, it's cool. Uh, <laughs> you know, we were just we were just it was just no fight anymore. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I didn't mean to derail you. you. Sorry. No, 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 no. It's okay. Hmm. I'm eating sunflower seeds. That's nice. That's a habit I actually got from her and her mother. Uh, who am I? St- who, who? Who? I'm still close with because you know she's uh, she's like a surrogate mother to me. Hmm. Yeah. But you know, I gotta. It got a new girl now, right? But it's, uh, you know, she's amazing. But it's a, it's a long distance relationship. She lives in Oslo. Uh, she used to live in Bergen, but yeah, she doesn't now. And uh, that's kind of good, I guess, because I do need time to work on myself and stuff like. I can't be self medicating, so I think this is probably healthier than. A lot of relationships I've had, mm-hmm. uh, but it is hard, obviously. Um, and um, yeah, I just feel alone, man. I just feel alone all the fucking time. And uh, the pandemic is like, yeah, you can hang out with people every now and then, right? But it just feels so empty because it's so you have to plan for it and you have to think around it and then things get canceled and it's just killing me man it's really really killing me a lot more effort into meeting with people like one tenth of the amount of time i spend the vast 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 majority of my time alone in this fucking house and uh you know it's like I guess it's a little freer, you know, uh, because, uh, you know, yeah, you know, it's always free when you have like a whole fucking three like level house to yourself, but it's also a little depressing, right? Because the other people who live in this house, like a, like a collective thing, 
they have gone home for Easter to their families because you know some people have families. Mm-hmm. Um, in the sense, you know, I, I I don't need to clarify that shit anymore. You, they, if you don't know what I mean, you don't get it. <laughs> it's a it's a unit, and then and yeah. the word family Im- implies certain things, and you can love yeah. in your you can love blood relatives, but not see them as family. I get it. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Like the closeness is part of being a family. It doesn't matter that you're related and that you love each other and that you would die for each other if you never fucking see each other. Yeah. Hmm. And if you don't operate as a team, I think is a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Like if, if you see, if you see like your immediate family about as often as you see a distant cousin, are they really your immediate family? Yeah. 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 Then it's just, you know, it's, it's just legal and biological, you know? That's one thing that I've never, even though I can't, I can't empathize, but I sympathize. And it's one thing that I've always been thankful for throughout the pandemic is that um, I have a family and we're all very close. You know, my, my kids are at a good age where they're not so old that they have this pressing like if they were teenagers i think it'd be harder because they would want to spend time with their friends way more and it's kind of easier to sate their attention now because they can like they can still call their friends and play video games with them and stuff um so there there's that which it's difficult with kids no matter what i'm not saying like it's easy because you know we can't we can't go to the park we can't get their energy out there's a lot of yeah it's 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 uh Um, it's easier it's easier. And I think it would be more difficult with older or really young kids because really young kids is a whole different set of problems. You need to get out of the house when they're really young because you just lose your mind. Uh, and, but at the same time, it's, it is a very different experience to not be alone because even though we only see each other, we like each other's company and we can still even if we're all making each other bored, we're st- we still have each other to be bored with. And like we have, so one, one of my friend groups, we're all married um, or there, there's, one, there's, one, there's one couple that's engaged. And so everybody has someone they're living with, which is the important part, except one person. And that one person, what we did was we kind of like got together behind the scenes and we all got like Xbox accounts and stuff because this person lost their job for a while when, when everything shut down the first time and they were home by themselves in their house. And so what we did is we kind of got together and said, Hey, you know what? Let's just try to be on Xbox as much as possible. So that way we were always available there in the evenings because, you know, they started drinking all the time, like really heavily in the evenings, like every day of the week because, they were depressed. Oh, I and do what else can I do? And it was it was difficult to watch because it, it just they were this person was spiraling so quickly. So we, you know we got together and we we kind of um, set it up so we could be around them all the time. And once working started again, they were fine. They they went back and and they were really energized by their job. Uh, and it's a stressful job, but they seem to appreciate it. They seem to like it. So. Um, 
I, I don't under, I don't, I don't know what it feels like, but I, I sympathize and I'm aware of it on a pretty regular basis because you know, that would, I, I can't imagine how oppressive the walls must feel. Oh, it's rough, man. It's like, uh, I, I always joke that, uh, you know, yeah, you can only talk into the mirror for so long before the mirror speaks back to you, right? Yeah. I would fucking welcome it. I was going to say, what did he say this morning? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. The bastard's just mimicking me. <laughs> what a joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know. <laughs> what is he, eight? Uh, mm. I don't know. Check check the mirror for a, for a production date. <laughs> Find a lot number. Call the company. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah i don't know the the pandemic caused me to start new projects and stuff because i am a fairly goal-oriented person and i don't do well with feeling cooped up like i am kind of cooped up but i still go places when normally i may work from home but i still drive to see clients and i like going to the store just to get out sometimes or you know taking the kids to to a place but the problem is a lot of the places you bring kids are indoors yeah and uh, you know all the kids cool- are fucking walking vectors right <laughs> like you're gonna take them to a ball pit <laughs> oh no i don't think so, so gross <laughs> mm. i mean that is gross pre-pandemic yeah uh, have, you ever, been, so have you ever been inside of a chuck e cheese i have never but i have seen south park it's you know, they say South Park is outrageous satire, but that time it was just a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese is one of those best uh, I've ever been in. Uh, it's so gross. And and there are other places with ball pits and like toys, like kids' toys, but I don't know. I don't know how Chuck E. Cheese cleans or sanitizes its place, but whatever they're doing, it's not as effective as they think it is. Or I think they should they should probably just spray down the whole ball pit with like a hose of like a hand sanitizer. But see, I think that's kind of what they do. I don't think that they like clean clean it because there's like streaks and chunks and things. Oh, oh yeah, okay. I just realized I just realized why that doesn't work. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, no. <laughs> I don't oh, know. I've never been like I've been in two different Chuck E. Cheeses since having the kids, and both of those experiences were terrible. I didn't even want to sit down; like everything's sticky. I don't. Okay, I do. I do think. I do think that we can probably kiss Chuck E. Cheese like goodbye as a sponsor. Oh yeah, well you know what? Fuck Chuck E. Cheese, and I don't feel bad for saying it because their establishments are vile. If they want, if they want me to give them a good word, then they're gonna have to clean their fucking ball pits. Yeah. Have to like actually like use some soap and water and maybe a rag. <laughs> you know what they should have? The they should have a drain. They should have a drain in the bottom of the ball pit, and they should just fill the pit with like boiling water and soap, and then like let it all drain down. Do that like twice a day, every every day. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Don't just know. just make sure you fish out all the kids before you pour in the boiling water, of course. And then they've got like these plastic high rise things with like ropes and and all these climbing like you know toys. Those are fantastic. They're so cool. Those are so great. But they are also oh so filthy. 
there's a place called the jump yard near us that is basically massive like inflatable obstacle courses and they have all the climbing stuff and they have like all these sort of outdoor fair type things but it's indoors and that it gets kind of dirty sometimes like if you're there like on a saturday we'll bring the kids on a saturday and sometimes like the, the the mats will be a little darker but when you go next time they're clean again and that's just such as an as a parent that's a very comforting thing and i don't i don't have a problem running around with the kids there because it doesn't feel like i'm going to bring home some like new strain that puts penicillin to the test <laughs> yeah you know although from what i understand penicillin is an, an effective antibiotic for uh penicillin isn't something that you guys use at all that's right you it is you, like you don't use it you guys still you, can't you don't use it anymore because you don't have antibiotics yeah, we we use it yeah. but they don't they don't really produce they only produce it basically for us because no one else uses it <laughs> penicillin doesn't kill covid huh <laughs> <laughs> no no it doesn't it's very irritating viruses generally aren't affected by antibiotics mm. that's like if you get if you get if you, when you get pneumonia you should hope it's the bacterial version because if you get like a viral pneumonia then you know it's likely to be lethal if you're weak what's but the you know that's like covid What's the first thing you're going to do when you get vaccinated? And like, you guys don't have any restrictions. Um, nothing, man. Like, I, I just want to hang with people. Like, again, like, the, I, I don't even need to get vaccinated to feel safe. I just need the people around me to get vaccinated so I can spend time with them. Mm -hmm. I am, I don't want to get sick, but I'm not worried about me. Like, I, I feel no anxiety about the pandemic itself. I feel an anxiety about not seeing the people I care about. Yeah. Well, and as you, as you said, it's, it's a whole attitude thing because now mm. you're right. I mean, when I, go, when I go out to the store, especially with kids, people tend to talk to you. They're like, oh, I love that jacket. Blah, 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 blah. They go to this school. And, you know, it, gets, it becomes a thing and, and people are yeah. pretty friendly. Uh, but since the pandemic has started, yeah. I have almost. We no don't do that in Norway, by the way. <laughs> oh, you don't? Okay. No. <laughs> the very fewest people talk to each other on the street. In, no in Norway, we don't even sit next to each other on the bus. I mean, no one does now, but we never did. That's a common thing, though. I think that in peeing, like, if you should never, if there's a whole bunch of urinals, you do not walk up to the one guy who's in there and stand next to him. That is a no-no. No, but I mean, like, it's just all the all the things they tell you to do with social distancing. We basically did that, like, by default. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So the only thing that's new is masks. Do you think that culturally, when when the pandemic is over, that like cultural scarring is going to dictate that Norwegians are more standoffish? I don't think so. I think we are so starved for affection in other people that I think we're going to be less standoffish as a people. I think this pandemic, ultimately, we're going to look back at it as a good thing, minus the deaths, because we have such few deaths. And also, I think it's going to improve shit. But 
right now that doesn't fucking help me. <laughs> you know, like knowing you're going to have a meal in the future doesn't help you when you're hungry. Yeah. Yeah. What does help? But I, does I do think. Help? Um, yeah, yeah. There's something that does help me. Um, Warhammer helps me a lot. Like, tremendously. Because um, it gives me something to focus on. You're talking about the building and the painting process. No, 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 no. Video games. I've actually played almost no video games like the the last last while. Uh, I I just, uh, I I don't get much joy from them anymore. Um, But uh, sitting and working with something physical helps. I'm so sick of digital shit. I, 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 if if the if there was a complete like breakdown of technology, it would be bad, but it wouldn't be as bad as it would have been a year ago. You know. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm tremendously like, I, yeah, I, I'm tremendously enjoying like the the fucking hobby work, and also, I'm uh, fortunate enough that um, uh, I have some friends I share it with. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll stop eating the sunflower seeds. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> they're just d- delicious. You know, it's like they're not even delicious. They're actually, you know, semi-gross. But you know, it's bird seed. What, what are you gonna do? <laughs> I get it. I have I have this yeah. little uh, decorative like owl thing where it's he's kind of cute. He's in it's a rock. It's like a smooth rock with like eyes drilled into, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but I play with it when we, when we record sometimes just to keep my hands moving. So I get the like impulse of, you know. How long have I been making disgusting sounds with the sunflower seeds, by the way? Um, I started noticing it about a a few minutes ago. And I think as you got like less aware and and, like more casual with eating it, it, it got more over the last bit. Oh, well, I'm going to apologize to all the listeners. Oh, well, <laughs> the listener. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to apologize to that guy. Um, what was I saying? Um, Warhammer. Uh, oh, yeah. I've been fortunate enough to be able to share it with some friends. Yeah. Right. I'm glad Charlie got into it. I'm glad that despite how busy she is, that you're, you guys are still able to hang out because... Yeah. That's uh, probably a lifesaver for me, actually. I uh, like a lifesaver as in a literal sense of the word. Uh, I don't know how I would do if I, I like I was just alone. I, I don't think I would do. Uh, but yeah, it's been very fun. Like uh, I, I'm, I'm really digging like her enthusiasm about the whole. She's more enthusiastic than me, and I love that. That gives me something to feed off of. Right, yeah, uh, and uh, it's always fun. Like you, you have like you get progress pictures from like how far, like, if she sends pictures of how far she's gotten on painting or building something new. Yeah, that makes me feel like I'm doing this with someone. So it makes it, it energizes me. It makes me want to build and paint more myself. Right. Yeah, and I'm like just like tremendously grateful for that. Um, I I don't fucking know where I would be without that. I started encouraging everybody I knew 
that I thought would do it to get on Discord because I've been spending a lot of time talking to people while I work. And I'm actually going to miss that when the pandemic ends because other people, a lot of other friends are working from home, but I, and I don't think everybody will be when the time comes. And I've gotten used to, I've gotten in the habit of, of pestering people throughout the day. You know, I try to take like 10 minutes out every hour where I walk around. Sometimes I'll do some stairs or sometimes I'll do like some push-ups just to get my body like, cause it's stiff from sitting. And then, you know, I, I try to reach out to friends and just send memes and stuff because it, you know, I can't, we, we used to normally my, I, I have one friend group where we get together every couple of months and we play cards all weekend and yeah. it was just like board games and, and like game of Thrones and stuff. We'll play the card game, the collectible card game for that. And uh, you know, I have other friends that I'll meet with every now and then, like I'll see them, they have kids, so it's tough to get together, but you know, we still try. And none of that is possible. And even though I don't have anybody that I see once a week or whatever, I don't have any friends that live real close that I can see all the time. And, and I was starting to make a friend with a guy who lived two houses down. And as I was getting into tabletop, he was super into Warhammer 40k and then he moved away. <laughs> so <laughs> that stinks uh but but since since the pandemic I, I used to have even though i didn't see anybody regularly i have you know i know enough people that i'm friends with that i can generally see people on a semi-regular basis and that went out the window and so what i've tried to do is reestablish those all those relationships on discord and i got a lot of people to download it which was nice uh, but that's, that does seem, does feel inadequate. You know, you can't hear their voice. You can't hear like excite. Like if someone tells me something really exciting, I don't get to hear the excitement in their voice. And I didn't realize I would miss that until someone told me they were having another kid in like text. So I call, I, I wound up calling him, but he couldn't talk. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm at work. He's like, get excited. And I was like, yay <laughs> I don't know. yeah do I type yay do I say it out loud I, I didn't and it was it was a moment of realization where I was sitting there staring at it and I felt excited for them and I also felt bad that this is how it's kind of reduced to and yeah also even if you are excited you can't get as excited as you would be if you were talking to him right because you, you pump each other up when you're both excited yeah. Right. Exactly. You can't you can't pump yourself up for forever. That you need you need you need the that that the, like I don't know what to call it the dynamism, you know, of uh, working together towards excitement. Well, and a la laughter is contagious. Laughter is not contagious when you read ha ha, and you know a, a yeah. yawn isn't contagious when you read it in a in a play script. <laughs> so it's not. Yeah. I, I use know. I use a lot of uh, I use a lot of emojis. I used a lot more emojis the last year. Uh, I think it has a lot to do with what you're talking about right now. It could be. You know, I started using some emojis this year, and I'm pretty anti-emoji. I bet you are, you pretentious sack of shit. I know it's my. <laughs> I'm not against other people using emojis. I'm just against me using emojis. Yeah, so. you're above it. No, it's not that I'm above it. It's that. <laughs> It's, it's that I never, it's two, it's two things. I've thought about this. 
it, some of it might be elitism, but I'm going to pretend like I'm just going to keep ignoring that part of myself and not work on it right now. Um, <laughs> but but the, the two two factors that I've identified that I think contribute pretty heavily is one, I never got used to it. I never, I started typing in AIM and people didn't really use emojis then. And I just don't think I've ever changed how I typed then. I just think I spell a little better. And the other, the other thing that I think that really has a lot to do with it is that uh, the way I see them in emoji, I see emojis used is not how I would use them. And I'm afraid that if I use them the way I would use them, people would get the wrong idea or not understand. Oh, uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Like on Facebook, thing, when but... I see people arguing, right? Yeah. Uh, I've noticed that like some people, when the person they're arguing against, like the, the, the person they're having a, a discussion with, well, discussion, you know, a shit-flinging fight, uh, like they will respond to an argument they don't like, like they clearly don't like it because it, it like completely defies their stance, right? Yeah, they'll respond with like one of those laughing reactions, <laughs> but it isn't funny. Like they didn't say anything funny. Right. It's just like a, a passive aggressive, like cunty way to to say like I'm laughing at your point. It's so not important to me. <laughs> and I I've never used a laughing emoji that way. Like I don't like if I don't like what people say, I usually don't reply with a fucking emoji at all because I'm you know I'm kind of serious then, right? Yeah. Like I would reply to him, like I might write an emoji, like one of those emojis that like roll their eyes if they think someone's saying something particularly stupid. But to laugh at their point, it's just first of all it devalues the laughing emoji because that's joy. You're supposed to use that to convey joy. Yes. It's also hugely disrespectful. It's yeah, just it's, it's just such a disrespectful thing to do. It's both dismissive and condescending at the same time. Yeah. But it also looks ignorant. Whenever I see people do that, it's just like, well, I guess you're not having a discussion anymore. Yeah, yeah. When it, the, Whoever does that, like, I don't even care if I would have agreed with their point. Whoever does the emo laughing emoji thing, I disagree with that person. <laughs> and sometimes I'll, I, I'll even engage the discussion. Uh, even, I have, even I have no dog in the fight, right? And just argue on behalf of the other person, even if I don't actually agree with the other person, just because like when it comes to like fucking debate and discussion, I think there are like manners fucking matter. Like manners matter a lot. Like if you're going to be disrespectful to the person you're talking to, you're, you are not someone who should be talking. Right. You're just, you're just, you're just an asshole. And uh, then, like, I had a discussion on Facebook, like, a, a week ago, two weeks ago, who the fuck knows anymore. Uh, uh, and it was about, it was about, like, Warhammer or something. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was about that, but what, that was another one. I, I don't remember what it was about. But essentially, um, I was arguing with this, uh, with this guy. Uh, and I actually agreed with him, but I argued against him like forever. And until I eventually said that, you know, I would have agreed with you, but you're just being such a douche, man. Right. <laughs> and at that point, he stopped being a douche. 
and we had a proper dialogue and I was actually enjoying that because it, it, it actually somehow de-escalated things, which I would have never have thought it would because it doesn't <laughs> well, normally. I don't think that's a tried and true t- tactic. I think you got lucky that day. <laughs> I think I got very lucky. No. That's like that's like the old uh yeah calm down and they're like oh you know what i should calm down thank you yeah yeah that doesn't it doesn't really happen <laughs> you get the opposite result most of the time uh, but uh but yeah yeah like I, I i can't i can't stand people who are just rude you know yeah, yeah that's, I, that's I the thing i, I, I want to Go ahead. I, I, I a, no, no, yeah, you, you go, you go, you go, you go. I've talked okay. enough. <laughs> my my point just was that I think that I, I see a lot of memes that are that are joke that are joking about social skills go, being flushed down the toilet in the in the pandemic because of the pandemic and not being around people as much. Do you think that that's that makes sense? Do you think that? Yeah, absolutely. I think social skills have gone down the toilet ever since social media became a thing. And I think being on social media by fucking force has not improved. Mm, that's, that's, yeah. that's a good point. I think, yeah, I really think, I really think like being online, not, first of all, when you argue with people, uh, you usually, most people aren't that stupid. Like most people actually kind of agree on all the, like all the basics, you know, be good to each other. Don't be an asshole, you know? Right. Like that, that is something like even, even, even assholes don't want to be assholes. You know, assholes are just, you know, short tempered and, 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 and dull minded people. Mostly, mostly. Right. Yeah. They're, they're not necessarily bad people. There's very few people who are actually shitty people. Uh, it's such a teeny tiny minority of people. To, to your, to your to the point about the intelligence, I think but, the proportion of, of people who are not intelligent also so i think that a lot of people are tend to be ignorant but i think that that's because they're not curious i think i think curiosity is a better oh yeah at iq than intelligence is because if you think about iq in terms of curiosity it's it's do i want to learn things am i when i'm confronted with information am i going to find better or am i going to validate that information having the the wherewithal to like process information and intentionally digest difficult information, I think, or complicated, not difficult, but complicated information. I think that that's a better measure of IQ than intelligence is because there are a lot of smart people who can become dumb by just stagnating. And I think if a, there are a lot of people who wake up one day and realize that they want a different life or they, they stumble into a new a newer life and they change how they behave. You know, maybe somebody starts reading a lot or maybe somebody gets a job that requires them to do a lot of research. I think there's a lot of ways that your life can change that forces you to think more. And I think that a lot of people when confronted, if they're curious enough, they'll rise to that challenge. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're definitely right about that. You know, they say curiosity killed a cat, but, uh, you know, uh, I'd rather be a dead cat than be a moron. My response to that is that that's only because cats can't read warning labels. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I've heard that there's a there's a second part to the ex- expression as well. Is there? Uh, I didn't know that. 
Yeah, well, I like it could be like added like later, right? But uh, I've heard uh, curiosity killed the cat, but revelation brought him back to life. Mm. Is that is that an Easter Sunday joke? Uh, I don't think so. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess the Book of Revelations and the resurrection oh. of Jesus are very different, but <laughs> I was wondering if yeah. those were linked somehow. <laughs> You'll have to forgive me. My my Bible knowledge is uh, oh so so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I th- I think the the jump I was making was was pretty big. I don't think. Oh, thank you. That's very kind of you. It's it's my fault for setting up the terrible, the terrible comparison there. Oh come on! <laughs> it's not your fault. It's my fault. Come on, come on. <laughs> we can both blame ourselves. That's okay too. That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with both of us being self-depreciating about this. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> oh my god, I'm just so fucking tired of all of it now. Let me ask you this: Does does recording the podcast help? It absolutely does. It's uh, it's like what I imagine people get out of uh, writing a diary. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm never going to be able to run for office because I say so much inane shit on this podcast. But, uh, you have to delete the whole thing, burn the archives. <laughs> yeah, like, to be fair, I would never, I'd, I'd, I'd never, I'd never be able to run for office anyways because I, I, I uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very good at just putting my foot in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, okay. I don't, I don't, I don't have, uh, I don't have what you would call a strong functional filter. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I think it's very being a politician must be hard because you, you gotta word things in a way that you can't get called out for, like with gotcha journalism that winds up sinking your next campaign. But at the same time, you want to be authentic, also. And I don't know how you would walk that line because I would probably sound a little bit robotic if I tried to run run for office. And yeah, I think most people who run for office do end up sounding robotic exactly because of what you're saying. You know, I think that was a big strength of Trump's was just that he didn't sound like other people. And yeah, I think people wanted that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know. I think I think you can do what Trump did in terms of like authenticity, just like ignoring ignoring the haters, but at the same time you could do it in a way that isn't just awful and hateful (laughs) incredibly ignorant like you can still be educated but be authentic (laughs) or or even considerate you know we don't even have to go for educated anymore i guess if that's what the presidential bar is now but i I think the problem i think the problem is that (laughs) people who are like political correctness is definitely a big part of this problem because the people who are smart enough to have like the kind of solutions you want are usually uh, on the left and the left has a habit of eating its own which is yeah. a little sad well part of it part of it is that they have so many different groups competing for uh, because when you when you have a group that's d- determined to do nothing for the people. And then you have a group that's trying to promise everything to like all the different people that stand behind you. That means everybody yeah. who wants something done is going to line up behind you. And 
it is very yeah. difficult to do that without infighting and messaging for the left i think is very challenging because um for a couple of reasons i don't i think some of it can be corporate because i think that there is an element of the media that doesn't want drastic taxes especially in the united states so you have certain aspects of politics that prevent the media from treating both sets of narratives equally. And I know it's funny that I'm saying that because I know that people on the right will be like the mainstream media, is, you know, never fair. So, you know, yeah. I think everybody has their criticisms of how messaging is done, uh, what is valid and why I'm sure we'll disagree on. But I think another part of it is that the messaging has to be more general and, but it also has to be both general and extreme. And what I mean by that is, um, it has to be general enough that everybody's going to understand it, even if they're not paying attention, because that's how activism works. You have to loop in people who are trying to actively deny participating in those discussions. But it also has to be extreme enough to both get attention and to, to get people fired up. So when, when you do stuff like that, you get messages that wind up landing very badly, and it's easy to warp the narrative on them. So for instance, like I've, I've mentioned before on the podcast how Obama, and I agree with him on this, heavily criticized how uh, police reform was messaged because police reform was defund the police. But yeah, that's, that's stupid. No one wants to defund the police except for a few morons. Like yeah, actually no. defund them. What you yeah. want to do, yeah, we, we, we talked about this in a previous episode. Yeah, we don't have to go, we don't have to go yeah. over it again. Yeah, it's, we know what it's really about. <laughs> and when you, when you have messages like that, it's even people who are on your side who might not be clued in or people who are on your side that might have like a police officer in their family might be upset about that. And then, then it requires additional explanation, but by then you've already lost a lot of people. So yeah. I think it's that mix of being general enough that everyone understands what you're trying to say, but being extreme enough that you're, that you're fighting for like meaningful change and that the people who care will line up behind you. And that's hard. I don't know what the answer is. And I think that PC culture, for all the different things that means, because um, it does it does mean a lot of things that I agree with. Um, but I think that the messaging is tough, and I think it makes it does play into the narrative that liberals are elitist, or that they're not willing to listen to any sort of compromise. Um, you know, I don't know. Um, I think it's also, it, it, it's, all of these things mean such different things to different people. Like, when you hear political correct, you probably aren't thinking of, like, crazy cancer or some stupid shit, right? Yeah. That's not what you hear. But that is what a lot of people hear. So, like, if you ever check statistics, what people think about like political correctness you'll see like 80 90 percent of the population hating it right mm -hmm. but what it like it but to some people it just means yeah well it just means don't be racist don't be homophobic don't be sexist right yes. or you know if you are keep it to yourself at least yes right and that i think like those 80 percent they're probably just going to agree with that if, if, if they had the same thought of it, or if they, if they viewed it the same way, they would agree with it. 
Yes. Because experiences are different. You're, you're not gonna. You're, you're gonna find very, very, very few people who are actually like cool with sexism and homophobia, right? <laughs> you. Every, but everyone has their own definition of what that is too. Right. You know, like to some people, it's like transphobic. If you say, uh, I don't know, I, I can't come come up with something. You come up with something. I don't. something that something that's on the border. I don't want to do that. No, no. <laughs> uh, but I know what you mean. I know what you mean. You're, you're like, because... No, no, I, I got one. I got one. I'll just okay. steal the one from South Park. Like, Caitlyn Jenner is not a hero, right? To some, that'll be transphobic. Yes. And I'm not sure why Caitlyn Jenner is a hero, but I don't think that's transphobic either way. I think transphobic would be, I don't know, saying something nasty about how trans is not a thing or how transsexuals are perverts or something like that i think that would be transphobic i don't i don't i don't think your fucking view of one person is it can be i don't know i'm not a word guy you can clearly tell muddling yeah but like the whole thing is that the definitions are different from it to everyone right with that that is an intentionally muddled message and that's why that the education crisis in the United States is so serious because a lot of people cannot cannot differentiate between those two things but they're different they're totally different things so yeah you know people will say it was good that uh uh Caitlyn Jenner you know went through the transformation publicly because it often takes a public person to make it seem acceptable to everybody else, to make it mainstream. You need somebody that's that mainstream to do it. But, you know, mm. she hit someone with her car and tried to get out of it, and she's not really a good person. And, you know, there's... So I think yeah. it comes down to separating what they did that was positive, because it did have a positive effect for a lot of people in the trans community. Oh, yeah. It's like you got to separate yeah. the person from uh, from the... It's like uh, Gandhi beat his wife all the time, but you're not going to say Gandhi's not a good guy, right? And, right? and he, he's I mean, he's, he, he, as for feminism, he's not a good guy, or or you know, <laughs> domestic disputes, he's not a good guy, right? But he fucking freed India, so he's a good guy in that sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and you have to be able to kind of say. Sometimes that can't be pulled apart for people. Like I, I, I was telling you the other day that uh, I can't watch American Beauty anymore because Kevin Spacey plays a pedophile. And oh, you told me that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I told you this the other day that like this, that is that. I think that's an example of where I can't separate those two. I can't look at him as just an actor when he's playing an act when he's acting. How much is he acting when he's playing a person who is a pedophile <laughs> in a movie? How much and is he acting? So I, I, my criticism of him is tied to that movie because he took that role having this predatory side to him. But yeah, but that's, I if, think that's a fair one. If, if you're criticizing Caitlyn Jenner, I think some people are never able to separate those two things. So with no. Jenner, I can say, well, should somebody who killed somebody 
exhibit more remorse and not be worshipped because you know they did they do these you know things i don't, I don't want to go into the whole all my criticisms of her but you you can still crit criticize someone without that criticism being then reflected onto the trans community just because they're tied to caitlin G. they they may some of them yeah tied to you know like she killed a guy that doesn't like her her contributions to the trans community doesn't erase that mm -hmm. but it also at the same time doesn't mean that every tranny is like a, a road rage maniac you know right exactly. it, do, it, do, it doesn't it doesn't take her crimes and move that onto the community either well and that like, those are separate they don't they don't they have nothing to one does not have anything to do with the other exactly and that's actually why the the lgbtq community was so upset when Kevin Spacey tried to deflect being a pedophile <laughs> or being a predator, at least, I, however, yeah. I don't want to get into the, the pedo discussion, but getting being being a predator that groomed young boys, prepubescent and pubescent boys, he then tried to deflect by saying he was gay. Like he tried to come out as a def it, it was a deflection, and it was it was very hurtful to the community because they're like people already associate gay people with pedophiles, the, the wildly ignorant, and that would be a public figure putting pressure on the people that he's relying on people making the, that connection. The yeah. Just so that he, he, he thought he could get a bunch of social justice warriors to come to his aid after he raped a guy. Yes. God, yeah. well, that's such a creep, such a creep move. Yeah. And, and, oh, and... very Kevin Spacey. <laughs> he, I, I think that be, being able to separate those two things is important. In America, another discussion that we have a very difficult time with, and I'm, this is not unique to us, um, but I am interested to see how, how you guys would, might discuss this, is Israel. Because Israel has a lot of, is a religious issue as well as a political one in America. Uh, large parts, large swaths of the evangelical community is very concerned with uh, uh, Israel. And it is very easy for people to conflate anti-Semitism with criticisms of Israel. And there's a lot to be critical of Israel about. It doesn't mean you're saying that Israel shouldn't, as a nation, shouldn't exist, or that, you know, the, the Jewish people shouldn't get their own country. Like, that's, that's not what a criticism, that's not the same as a critic criticizing how they run their government. <laughs> or how their government fits in with the rest of the international community. I think a lot of the criticism towards Israel must be based in at least some form of hidden anti-Semitism too, though, because it's weird how much they get criticized compared to other similar countries. Absolutely. So mm -hmm. there's that side of it too. This is why Israel is so complicated, because you immediately have all sorts of caveats as soon as you bring it up. But, but yeah, about how it's in Norway... Um, most people don't give it any mind. No. Israel is like the only people you ever find talking about Israel are maybe uh, like social justice kind of students who have read about it on like social media, right? Okay. Because we're very Americanized, uh, the young ones there. Yeah. Uh, older people. Uh, or just people who aren't that on, like, aren't that interested in like politics, generally don't even fucking know what Israel is. 
That's fair. Yeah, like it's it's uh, we we don't know much about it, uh, but the people who do know about it in general in Norway, uh, tend not to be very positive about Israel, uh, because uh, I think our largest um, minority are. Well, I'm gonna wash those under the same brush, but Muslims generally. Muslims is like our largest minority. Uh, and uh, they don't tend to like Israel. I mean, they don't like Jews, period, but, uh, you know, Israel particularly, right? Yeah. And, uh, uh, like, they are really, really old people who don't like Muslims. You know, they don't care about Israel. They've never heard about Israel. And most of us, we kind of do like Muslims. Uh, and uh, when we, like, you have, you have a Muslim friend who goes like, Oh yeah, and they have checkpoints and shit, right? And yeah. they do shit to you, and then they like accuse you of blowing up a bus. We're appalled to hear it, and so we don't like them. You know, it's interesting because here I think you have that same dynamic, but at the opposite end of the gradient. Because I have met people who have accused me of being Muslim because I said something that was critical of, you know, Jeremy the Muslim. Israeli-Palestinian situation. Yeah, I mean, I went to I went to church for years. Went to a, a a Methodist church. In fact, when I went to college, the first my first semester at college, or no, it was my second semester. My first my first semester, I ran cross country. My second semester in the springtime, I uh, went to every church in Marietta trying to find a church I could go to that I would feel comfortable at, and I I, I went to each one for a Sunday and sat through, you know sermons and stuff and and just testing them out because i still considered myself religious at that point and but it, that that dropped away mm. steeply I, I didn't really that's about when i stopped going to church also um you know I, i'm more christian than anything oh, I, i'm not christian anymore i can't i can't claim to be christian but, i know what you mean you know you have a christian background yeah i have, I have roots in yeah, that's your heritage it is and I'm certainly not, you know, I'm pro-religious freedom. <laughs> I'm not anti-Muslim either. Um, but but to, to say, you know, something about Israel that is just a point. It's not about their existence. It's not a point about whether they should exist. But people take any sort of comment about Israel as if you're saying it shouldn't exist. And then they jump to Muslim terrorist <laughs> because... You know, that's linked yeah, in their that's, heads. Uh, that's that's some kind of insane straw man bullshit. <laughs> Not everybody argues, discusses politics the same way. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, just the hearing about it annoys me. <laughs> uh, like, when, when, when it comes to all things, like, at the end of the day, the thing that really, I, I, I really don't like is bullies. I don't like bullies. Mm -hmm. I don't like anyone who wants to impose their will on others. I don't care if you're right-wing or left-wing in general. I absolutely don't give a shit. I'm just thinking, is this you being a bully? If you're a bully, I'm fucking against you. You know? Yeah. And uh, so I I, I, I don't really pick sides there. Uh, I, I have my own preferences for politics, so I'm generally leaning pretty heavily on the left but 
I always get really disappointed in uh, the left when they want to bully their opinion across, right? Yeah. I, I probably talk more about the left than the right there because that feels like it's my team and I feel like I should speak up then. Oh, it embarrasses you. Yeah, I, it I, does. I, when I go it on Facebook, does. I, I see someone who is just tossing out insults at you know someone who voted yeah. for Trump, like just just insults, like straight up. I it, it makes me cringe, and I know the damage it's doing to the our perception because we have to own we have to own the people. Like like when there's some lunatic frothing and screaming. Uh, about micro micro transactions or microaggressions or some insane shit, right? That person represents all of us. It's just like when you hear some uh, redneck uh, like scream from the trailer where he's fucking his sister that he thinks all the Muslims should go back to where they came from, right? Oh, yeah. He represents the people on the right. Well, I mean, not, he not isn't. He's it... a teeny. He's a teeny tiny minority on the right. But when you think of when you hear the word right wing, you think about this guy, right? Mm-hmm. And the right wing is still associated with the right, even if there's like just sensible fucking people on the right. Like they have to own them in this day and age. We have to own the crazies on our side. So that like when the right are true. thinking about left wing policies, they are thinking about that like frothing lunatic on the street corner. And where we when we like the, you know. We think about right-wing policies. We think about the trailer trash voicing his insane, outdated views. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not saying we. I'm not saying you and me. I, I I like to think we're a little more like nuanced than that. But as a group, you know, we have to we have to own the crazies on our side these days. Sure. And so I think it's also we have a greater responsibility to call out bullshit when we see it from our own side. It's easy to call out bullshit from other people's side. You know, that's comfortable. That's very, very easy and comfortable. It's, it's a little, little difficult to, to clean your own house. So I, I have two points to that because I think that's true. And I think that, you know, it, it's the same thing when you're talking to somebody, when they say, well, I don't support these policies. I wouldn't want to, I want, don't want kids separated to the border. Like, but yeah. that's happening. And your votes are ensuring that these these, these literal concentration camps continue. That, that is your support. And regardless of whether they're doing things you want them to do or not, those are the things they're doing. Sorry. Absolutely. And, you know, the other side of that is it doesn't just damage the, the image that, that, you know, a conservative might have for a liberal, you know, makes them seem far less reasonable, makes them seem impossible to talk to, makes them seem hateful. But the other thing that that does is it damages how those policies are discussed. I think, you know, like you, you had mentioned microaggressions. Microaggressions are tough because they're one of the things that are most often misdiscussed. The people that are voicing of support for microaggressions often exhibit that they don't know what it qualifies for. They, they pick really minute things when, you know, you have you have black kids getting shot in the street because and they you know the microaggressions yeah, that they report on are things like a police officer following them home and harassing them the whole time because they're wearing a hoodie, you know you know that's it, yeah but isn't that that's not really a microaggression though is it that's like that's profiling isn't it like racial profiling yeah see and, and or or, or stalking I don't talk about or stalking you know 
<laughs> like when people talk about microaggressions, they always, always said it like, well, I don't know, he looked at me in a way where he wasn't agreeing with me. You know, it's like, not everybody's going to agree. Yeah, exactly. That, that's exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. And yeah, let that, me, that's the thing that people sneak away with. Let me use oh, an oh, example that I feel more comfortable with. I would say with hmm. feminism is that, you know, feminism is often the, the people who drive it, the social leaders, the people who are driving change, the academics who discuss it intelligently are not having the same discussions that people are having on Tumblr and Reddit. Just not because the people who are discussing it on Tumblr and Reddit are taking it to extremes. But the problem is millions of people are reading those discussions and they're not reading the articles put out by actual feminists who are also watching what's happening online in fear and saying our movements being co-opted by the right, by the wrong talking points. Yeah. And as that happens, it undermines the ability for women's groups who are fighting for legitimate change to make that legitimate change. Yeah, because you could present that as a lunatic instead. Yes, you or know, present who's, who's, who's going to who's going to who's going to listen to you when you, you appear as a as a psycho, even though you've never said anything like that. You're just being lobbed in with the Twitter crowd. Right. There, there are all sorts of things that that the, that feminists have accomplished in the last twenty years. Oh. Give me a second. Um, actually, don't give me a second. I mean, you just talk. This is a podcast. Well, just just hang up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to stick in on it. But I, I'm going to stick in on it. We're going to record it. I'm going to stick in on it. Just send me a message for it. Sorry, that was my brother. I'm, I'm leaving a note to actually cut this part out. Oh. Because that's like 30 seconds of dead time. We have to cut that. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um, let me take a moment to regroup my thoughts because I have a moment since this can be cut. <laughs> okay. With. I'm sorry. What the hell are we talking about? Oh no! I, I'm I, okay. Um, I don't know. I lost my flow. One of the issues with a lot of a lot of feminism has accomplished stuff in the last twenty years. They've 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 accomplished things in, you know, the film industry, in the corporate world. They've changed laws, but this is happening. These these functions are are being these these issues are being addressed at a level that that most people aren't aware of and. That's progress now feels more incremental because it is. It's we're not fighting for women suffrage anymore for for the right to vote, which feels big. Now that progress toward equity and equality is getting smaller and smaller for women. Not there yet, and and people who assume that we are, I don't agree with them. Uh, but the just because those pro, that progress is incremental. Um, doesn't mean that it's not valuable and it, taking it to an extreme and saying, well, none of this is valuable. You know, I've met people who have said 
feminism hasn't existed since the 60s. I'm like, well, that's not true at all. <laughs> I've uh, I've seen uh, episodes of the old Star Trek, which was hugely progressive for its time, and it's really difficult to watch now. And that's from the 60s. Okay. So, yeah, shit. Shit has happened a lot since then. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and that's not me shitting on Star Trek, by the way. Like, they were super... Uh, they were super progressive in their time, right? But yeah. in their time. When people change too, like, uh, you know, not to open up the, the, the Dr. Seuss thing. Uh, well, okay. So to open the Dr. Seuss thing, I guess. Um, you know, Dr. Seuss wrote a lot of really racist shit. He drew some really racist comics. And later in life, he then did the opposite. He drew comics walking it back and saying, you know, he, he, he apologized. He then started trying to reverse the very propaganda that he had put out there. By you know, the- I, I feel like we got to round this off soon, but I do want us to make a new ep- an episode about this Dr. Seuss thing because I know nothing about it. I've heard that there was a Dr. Seuss thing and that's all I know. So I would, I would love for you to tell me I'm like I'm just gonna stay ignorant. I'm not gonna Google it or anything. I want I want you to tell me on the podcast, okay? Because I think that's way more interesting than me coming in prepared. Because maybe we have a listener who don't know about it. You know? We don't need an episode. I can sum it up in like thirty seconds. Nah, I think it would be more interesting, man. Because like summing it up, like it's a big debate, right? No, like I see no, memes about it all not, the time. It's not a big debate. Nobody's discussing it anymore already. Oh, oh okay. Well, what is it? Basically, all it is is uh, uh, the Dr. Seuss estate, the ones who handle his legacy, uh, decided that they were going to discontinue seven books. They picked, they independently, a private entity, picked out a few books that they weren't going to sell anymore in in print um, because they had like really racist depictions of like Chinese people and stuff. And that was something they chose to do. Like nobody told, there was no pressure to force them to do this. They just decided independently this is what was going to happen. And then Fox and Newsmax and, and, and you know, Alex Jones and the right wing got really upset and they spent about a week and a half to two weeks straight saying that liberals were canceling Dr. Seuss, that this was cancel culture gone amok. And like liberals uh. were like, they're like, what are you talking about? Because my aunt's like, oh, you hate Dr. Seuss. And I said, no, I still have all the, doc- you know, my kids have Dr. Se- like 50 Dr. Seuss books upstairs. Don't hate Dr. Seuss. I don't really, like, it's it's no big deal. I, I support their decision because I think it's a good idea. But at the same time, I don't really care that much. And that's kind of all it was. Yeah, that doesn't sound like it would be worth an episode. <laughs> no. I mean, we could talk about, like, racism or propaganda or right-wing messaging but i don't yeah but yeah i'm sorry to cut this short i mean i short and short is a long ass episode but, we've been uh, talking for an hour and 45 minutes this might be our longest episode jesus christ <laughs> yeah. right. okay so take us home i'll read us out this has been moot please follow us on twitter at the moot podcast and visit us at the moot subreddit take care take care